This week on Jingle Jank, we take a groovy dive into the world of Christmas disco music. This musical, cultural, and social revolution was so massive in the 1970s that it was inevitable it would find its way into Christmas music. So grab your platform shoes and polyester leisure suits and join us as we explore disco Christmas music. Welcome to Jingle Jank, the show where we find obscure and offbeat Christmas music on YouTube. I'm your host, Scott, joined as always by Jay. Jay, happy birthday this week. Hey, man. Thanks a lot. Yeah, big uh, big 44, man. It feels good. Yeah, you're about to uh, you're about to crest the wave into uh, your mid 40s. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely. I, I said to my wife, you know, I, 50 is definitely closer than, than 25. Yeah, but 50 is the new 30 though, so we don't have anything to worry about. Yeah, no, I, I look at this like I am gently riding into my Clooney years. In fact, I've, I noticed uh, last night that I have one long gray hair in my right sideburn that I've named Gandalf, uh, and uh, so far, so I, I know pretty soon the salt and pepper set in. I've already got the salt and pepper. It's it's an easy transition. Don't worry about it. Yeah, no, I'm 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 good with uh, with growing old gracefully for sure. Today we're going to talk about disco. What are your initial thoughts on disco? When I think of disco, I think of the post Vietnam War era America going nuts and people wanting to get out and party and just crazy music and lights and sort of Studio Fifty Four. I just think of a, a nonstop party. Now, we are both children of the 80s, and by the 80s, disco had become completely oversaturated, out of fashion. It had become a joke. So I think it's very hard for people of our age to shed that because we grew up thinking disco was terrible. And I definitely felt that this week when I was doing the research. How do you feel about it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, disco was, we were, we grew up in the eighties and for us, disco was music that, you know, it was viewed like it was a mistake, you know, it's something that people looked back on like bell bottoms and other, you know, the mullet, you know, how, how those of us who grew up in the eighties might look back on the mullet today, you know, it's not something to be taken seriously, I think would be a good way to sum it up. Yeah. And in doing the research for this, I'm not a disco expert, but I can read Wikipedia as, as good as the next podcaster. So would you mind if I took you to school and gave some notes to you here? Yeah, please. Give me an education because clearly I have a very slanted view on this. Hello. Hello, Dean. You're a stupid head. Homer, is that you? Ah! All right. So disco was a celebratory time during a dark period in American history. As you mentioned, the Vietnam War was ending. We had inflation, rising crime, unemployment, especially in urban areas. There was a focus on civil rights, women's liberation as an offshoot from the 60s, and especially gay rights. This was a reaction to the 60s counterculture, the hippie culture. This was a unifying movement for marginalized black, Latino, and gay communities. If you compare the disco era to the hippies of the 60s, this was seen as very sophisticated with the music and the fashion. This was much more than just music. This was lifestyle, culture, and everything. So we have to take a a step back into history here. When the Nazis occupied France in World War II, they banned live music. So records were played instead. And the French word discotheque actually means library of phonographic records. So it described music clubs where records were played instead of having a live band play. So as I mentioned, this was not just a musical revolution, but it was also a cultural and social revolution. 
eventually it became cool to hate disco when it became very mainstream and oversaturated. And that's what we were just talking about. But we, we owe the rise of musical styles like hip hop, house, EDM, and new wave to disco. The first hip hop used samples from disco and funk. And we can also credit the rise of the DJ using multiple turntables to this era. They did that so the music wouldn't stop. Also, there was a heavy focus on remixes. So a lot of what we just take for granted today was very new back then. And we owe a lot to disco. Even if we don't love it, I'll admit, Jay, it's, it's fun to listen to kind of as a historical anachronism to me. But it's not something that, that holds any kind of importance in my life. Does that make sense? I think it does. It's an endearing pop culture moment in time that I think for those of us who didn't live through it, you can look on it and say, okay, that was, you know, a, a sort of a neat saccharine kind of thing that happened. And I think for music, it's, it's, you know, disco is its own genre of music, but also if you, if you're a music lover and you, any, any music that existed, you know, that played through that time was touched by disco. So if you look at, you know, most bands, like there's a disco sound really overproduced, like a lot of, a lot of synth, everything that you said before. So I think it's like that, it was a style of music, but it was also a time that influenced music. So I don't know if that's like that art life, uh, whatever, maybe too deep for our podcast, but at any rate, yeah, I definitely think uh, you know, there's an influence there that you can see it's on Christmas music too. And we're going to get a, a healthy dose of that today for sure. With this set list we've got. Listening to Christmas disco is almost a little bit ironic because cr- the, the Christmas season and a lot of this counterculture stuff that goes on, they, they don't quite mesh well, but it was inevitable that people were going to be in these clubs and dancing and the style of music was popular. So people were going to put out disco Christmas music. So here's something that's really interesting that I found while I was looking for music. So as I mentioned, I don't, I don't have, you know, a bunch of disco hits in my mind that I, that I think of. So I had to go looking from scratch and that's part of the fun of doing this show is finding new stuff and doing the research. And in a lot of cases, you don't find entire disco albums by a single artist. And a lot of that has to do with the popularity of remixing So you'd get a lot of compilation albums. In fact, almost everything that we're going to play today, if you go to the YouTube links and you see where it came from, they're almost all off of compilation albums. It was a little hard to find the original artist in some places because they're, they're credited to the company or the group that put the compilation album together. So I've done my best. There might be errors. And, you know, if you want to email us and tell me I'm terrible at this, go for it. It's jinglejankpodcast at gmail.com. Are you ready to get into it, Jay? I, I am. I am. I, I, I want to point out one thing before we dive in here. That's also, yeah, please do. that's also stood out. You know, you you made the reference to compilations. This set list we have this week has the the longest tracks uh, of any Christmas music I think we've had on the show thus far, like the Inagata Davidas of Christmas songs. So like, and I, I noticed that like that was a trend with with this music, a lot of you know instrumental and just like a lot of long that uh, had something to do with it being a dance kind of like the music never stops in a club. And some of these songs were, were a lot longer than what, what you would be used to with like a typical radio three minute cut. You know what I mean? Yeah, very much so. And also on that note, I'm glad you said that we have a lot of clips to play today. And that's for two reasons. One is I'm not really worried about the copyright lawyers coming after us for a lot of this music. You know, if you play an entire Frank Sinatra track, you can almost guarantee the copyright lawyers are going to be at your door before you finish recording your podcast. 
I'm not sure the Universal Robot Band is really litigious. Yeah. <laughs> They're probably happy that, that somebody is bringing up their music. So that's one thing. And the other is we're going to have a lot less exposition and notes about all of this stuff uh, because it's it's kind of just harder to find it. And we, you and I don't have a lot of personal context to it. So because of that, we're going to play eight tracks today, five regular and three bonus. Now, we might be setting a dangerous precedent for ourselves, but I'm okay with it if you are. Yeah, I think this is I think this is good. And I will tell you, I definitely most of these songs, I don't think I had heard them before. I will tell you that my wife came into my office several times and said, oh, I, I, I like that song. Oh, I've heard that song. So I was I was amazed I had not heard of several of these songs or most of them. And I was also amazed my wife had. So it just goes to show depends on who's listening. Yeah, I had a lot of fun finding these, finding what I thought were the best ones. It's a little subjective there, but we'll see how it goes. Before we begin, today's episode is brought to you by the Sabaro franchise in the Newark Liberty International Airport. Your slice may not be fresh, but we'll reheat it for you. Sabaro, it's the pizza you eat when you don't have a choice. Nice. All right, are you ready to get into our first song, Jay? Let's do it. All right, our first song is Disco Christmas by the Universal Robot Band. Here we go. Yeah, we got a cool with that guy. I'm hip. Add a little soul to this white Christmas. I can dig it, Bob. Get a little fun. Right on, brother. Come on, Rudolph, hitch up that sleigh. We're going to fly down and have ourselves a disco Christmas. Jay, so that was Disco Christmas by the Universal Robot Band. What are your initial reactions to the song? Well, I think Universal Robot Band could be the best name of a band I've ever heard before. That, that's for sure. But uh, definitely. Uh, I'll I, be honest I, that I picked the song because the name was awesome. Yeah, that definitely. That lured us in. I used to work do a little fringe work in the music business. And there was a band that toured in uh, the Northeast called Free Beer and Chicken, which their name looked really good on marquees. You can see very, very smart marketing. <laughs> but uh, at any rate, I think this is, you know, a, a long song. There's some reference to Santa being a jive turkey in here, which I like. This is this is definitely different. It's a little bit on the long side, but I liked it, man. It's a good, like, good, good party music. There was an awe, yeah, that reminded me of Chef from South Park. Yeah, that's a, you're spot on. That's like there's the, the character for our listeners who, who, who narrates the character of Santa, and this is who we're talking about. So when you listen to it, it's a great. I, I love that, like, that spoken word part of this is really cool. There's some interesting lyrics. It's, it's a really cool song. Yeah, it made me smile. That's why I picked it. And we should probably mention here too, uh, you know, we're we're no experts when it comes to uh, disco, but we do we have a bunch of listeners that are younger than us, so they're probably even less familiar. So, I was told that the line between funk and disco is where the beat is. 
So in disco, you have a four on the floor beat, which is the kick drum on every single beat. In funk, you have it on the back beat. So listen today for that one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four with the kick drum. Right. That's kind of your marker that this is a disco song. Interesting. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. I actually spent last weekend uh, picking through uh, iTunes and downloading a bunch of George Clinton that uh, I, I wanted to add to my library. So I've been on a funk tear lately. I'll have to do the comparison. Yeah, I think I'll be more excited when we do the funk episode. Right, right. We probably won't do it back to back to this. We'll have to do it in, in a few weeks, but that should be a lot of fun. Right on. I have a few notes on the Universal Robot Band. They were an American group formed in 1976, so kind of in the later years of the disco era. Uh, after two years, they changed their name to Clear, K-L-E-E-E-R. They only have two albums under the name Universal Robot Band, according to allmusic.com. This particular song is from the 1977 single Disco Christmas. Yeah, appropriately named. Yeah, a lot of these are going to be from singles because, as I mentioned, a lot of these stars did not do entire Christmas disco albums. These were songs that were used in compilations or, you know, played by DJs. I don't have anything else to say about the Universal Robot Band. Check out the show notes or the website. You'll find links to all these songs we're playing today if, if you really want to discover more from these artists or listen to their songs in their entirety. All right, moving right along. Number two is Joy to the World by the Sal Soul Orchestra. Are you ready? Bring it on. Let's groove. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare and room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. That was Joy to the World by the Sol Sol Orchestra. I thought that song was a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Really, and I had no idea who these guys were, but apparently they are incredibly popular. Yeah. This was one of the ones where songs where my wife burst in the room and said, Sol Sol Orchestra, these guys are great. And I'm like, you've heard it? <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> you think you know somebody, right? You've been married for what, 15 years? Yeah. Yeah, to almost 20, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> Even what, better. What what life are you leading that you know the Sol Sol Orchestra? Yeah, I'm like, who are you? This is from the 1976 album Christmas Jollies. Not to be confused with their other album, Christmas Jollies 2. Interesting. Christmas Jollies 1 and 2? I didn't know there was there. So there's a follow-up to this then. This album went on to become the best-selling holiday album of 1976 and 1977. And as you mentioned, Jay, the Sal Sol Orchestra was extremely popular. They are the backing band of session musicians for many acts on the New York City label Sol Sol Records. Under their own name, they recorded several hit singles and albums between 1975 and 1982. In fact, one of the other artists that we're going to play today is backed by the Sol Sol Orchestra. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's right. I noticed that. And, you know, I don't know about you, but this is my my reaction to this song as I listen to it. It was if, if I were in a Christmas roller skating competition, 
this would be my music. It just made me feel like, you Does know, that come up often in your life. It, it, you know, it's not one of my frequent daydreams, but I thought yesterday, yesterday, like I often think of music. I, I love thinking of music and how you can pair it almost like some people like to pair food with wine or wine with food. I like to pair music with, with visuals. And in my mind, I think a Christmas theme roller skating competition would fit well with this, with this music. That's just what it made me feel like, like, like I was in a roller skating rink, you know, listening to Christmas music. So your mileage may vary. You often go to the well of, should we play this at a Christmas dinner party? I think it's fair to say almost none of these would be Christmas dinner party appropriate music this week. Yeah, no, I, I think this is like, this is definitely Christmas music that you dance to not not eat it might be fun to slide this into the later part of the evening's mix yeah when things are getting a little crazy things are getting a little nuts yeah that's when your kids are going to wander out of their bedroom and say what the heck is going on yeah go, everything's fine go back to sleep <laughs> all right well why don't we move on to number three which is silver bells by mirror image are you ready bring it All right, that was Silver Bells by a band called Mirror Image. Is band the right term, Jay? Would you say group? Yeah, I think this has got to be a band, right? I think this is like, a, especially because of the, the musical nature of this, the intense, there's a huge, huge set bands, I think, for disco usually. This is from the 1979 album called Disco Noel. And if you go looking for these songs on YouTube, you're going to find a lot of it is credited to the name Disco Noel, but it was actually the name of the album. So I, I think there's a, a lot of examples of uh, misappropriation and misnaming on YouTube, which made the research for this week a little difficult. I had to, to dig in further and do a lot of looking up discographies and trying to figure things out, but that was part of the fun of it. They had a second Christmas album in the same year called Yuletide Disco, and I thought that was really interesting. We mentioned the, the Sol Sol Orchestra had Christmas Jollies and Christmas Jollies too. This group had two Christmas albums in a single year. I don't know that I've ever come across that before. Yeah, that two Christmas albums in one year has to be like a Guinness record. I think somebody should, we should probably look that up. I can't believe, I mean, I can, I can see having two like in general overall in your, in your discography, but not two in the same year. That seems like they were merely, somebody was in a Christmas groove, I guess that year, right? Well, you could also argue that it was 1979 and somebody was probably seeing the writing on the wall for this musical genre to come to a screeching halt and they said we got to get it out now we won't have a 1980 get both albums out this year yeah last call on that yeah i i um i think you're probably right and you know i i think objectively speaking you know as, as christmas music connoisseurs that we are um this one to me 
it, it hit the silver bells, like in that, like, if you want to call it the chorus or the main verse, but it kind of, kind of drifted after that. I was a little, I, I felt like it left the song structure. So that was kind of like that kind of a con because like it didn't, most of the song didn't sound like a Christmas song, but on the other side, it sounded like, and I'm, I'm stealing a little bit of your thunder and it, it sounded like a really ripping disco song. Like you had all the elements there. So you could kind of look at that, you know, glass half empty, glass half full, but it was a little, little, a little bit lacking on the Christmas angle, I thought. You know, I found a lot of that when I was looking up these songs and doing research. These songs would use one or two lines of lyrics from a Christmas song and then just kind of drop out and go back to the groove. Yeah. I'm trying to picture what the club would have been like. Nobody really wants to hear Silver Bells in its entirety. So I guess you just sprinkle in enough of the Christmas flavor, the Christmas sauce, and then get back to the music, you know? Yeah, I think you have people that wanted to just dance, right? And yeah. They probably weren't trying to lay on too much of the, the words at that point. <laughs> yeah. And uh, as you mentioned while we were playing the song there, it does have a feeling of, let's call it adult-oriented movies in there. There's yeah. a lot of common tropes, I think. I think this one, when I think of what disco music would sound like, this is what I'm thinking of. You hear the strings, you hear the horns, you hear that uh, muted guitar and, and stuff, and... I don't know. It just feels like disco to me. Yeah, almost to the point that it's almost like a, a caricature of itself, I think, and to that extent. At this point, yes. It is, it is a definitely a caricature of itself at this point. I don't know what it was in the time. We yeah. don't have the hindsight or the ability. We were three years old when this song came out. Yeah. So I'm I'm not really sure what was going on. 19, Like you said, 1979, this, this could have very well been Last Call. This could have been considered great. I have no idea. I also don't really want to go try to find some relatives who are into disco <laughs> because they're probably not my favorite relatives. So yeah, duly uh, I didn't do any, I didn't do any additional research in that one. All right. So moving on to number four, this one is awesome. Spoiler alert, Jay. This is, I really like this. This is the Gloria medley by a French group called Les Jokers. You ready? Jay, my favorite part of that song was groovy, groovy bells at the end there. Yeah, this is fantastic. And I have to say for our listeners, please do yourself a favor. And when you go and watch you know, slash listen to this song on YouTube, pay attention to the album art. This is the best album art of any song we've covered so far. Is this the Santa Claus riding on a rocket ship? Yes, with like yeah. a dancing girl or something to that effect. Yeah, it's for no no reason at all. And it says it says new original recording, which I was trying to wrap my head around when I looked at that first. What exactly that's supposed to imply? But yeah, definitely check this out. Yeah, I feel like 
you're really grasping at straws. You don't have a lot to advertise. So you go with something like, well, this is a new original. This is like under new management or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> under new management. One of the things that struck me during this song, Jay, was the uh, when they were spelling out Gloria. It must have been some sort of disco uh, joke that they, they spell things in the 70s. We had the village people with YMCA. We had the G-L-O-R-I-A in this one. We have an N-O-E-L song coming up a little bit later. So I, I don't know what the deal with that was. Did, did people just like to spell things? I think it was like a covert government campaign. Like we've got all these stupid people in one place. So we're going to try to teach them how to spell, maybe try to impart a little knowledge. I don't know if that's <laughs> it was like something maybe. Some, it seems like a very like nefarious, like evil Lex Luthor kind of thing. Oh, Operation Sesame Street. I got you. Yeah, yeah. So it was an early, it was the the hooked on phonics people in their early gorilla days. This is how they traction before they marketed their product mainstream. We didn't even realize this was the first gorilla marketing. This is from a 1977 compilation album called Canadian Christmas. And the name on the album is Montreal Sound. Now, what I can't figure out though is was Montreal Sound the group that made this song or was it a group or a name that they put out a compilation album under? I believe it's the latter. I think the artist in this case is Le Jokers, but I couldn't find that anywhere. So it's either Le Jokers or Montreal Sound. If you do a search for Montreal Sound, you'll find this particular compilation album. I don't think our listeners are, are terribly concerned about which one it is, but I, I like to, to try to get things as factually accurate as possible yeah i think montreal sound sounds sounds uh, if you'll forgive me like a very cool name for a band but it also sounds like maybe like you said maybe this is maybe this is the montreal sound that we're being exposed to here i mean they do seem to be going out of their way to let us know that this is a canadian christmas you know perhaps a little bit you know insecure but at any rate it's you know i could be that could be the name of the band we'll have to try to figure that out and it does say also on the album art it just clearly stayed as advertised <laughs> so i i you know like advertised <laughs> you know, i was where? trying I was really where was it advertised jay on a bus yeah i I really think like to me, it just looked like, like they were like, okay, the album art guy was like, here are the options you have to choose from. You can put the new original recording sticker on, you can put the as advertised sticker on. Yeah. Let's make it look official. Why not both? <laughs> yeah. Like as if we were shopping for this, someone might be like, is that the Canadian Christmas that we saw advertised or is this some sort of sham product that's just right? Slip it on us, Com right? Completely different Canadian Christmas, Jay. I'm going to operate under the assumption that Montreal Sound is the Canadian KTEL Records. Yeah. That is not based on any fact. That's just an assumption. Yeah, it says by Montreal Sound, 60 singers and musicians. And you hear them. I mean, there's, there's, some, there's, there's quite a uh, presentation here. Oh, yeah. That was a full studio that day. But 60 singers and musicians makes me believe they were not all part of Montreal Sound. So that's why my assumption is the actual artist is Le Jokers. But like I said, I have, I have no idea. I'm not really worried about it. Are you? I'm not either. I'm just trying to picture 60 Canadians in green and red sequins on a stage just with the rocket. And really do yourself a favor and, and take a look at this album art yeah. when you have a moment. Great song. A lot of fun there. The next one... I struggled a little bit because we have three bonus tracks today. I've tried to make sure that all five songs are right in our theme, right in the wheelhouse. And I had to go looking for a fifth one because I decided that one of the songs that we're going to play in a little bit was a little off topic or a little off brand. But I think I found an interesting one. All right. So, Jay, our fifth song today is Donde Esta Santa Claus 
by Charo. Are you ready? Yeah. Jay, that was really something. Are you familiar with the artist Charo? Yes, see, I, I indeed I am. I am very familiar with the artist Charo, and that was one of my favorite songs that we've done so far, easily. I only know Charo from clips of the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. I think she was a frequent guest. Yes, I think there and like the Love Boat, like that. That that's how I know her too. She's she is sprinkled in the reruns of things I watched in the early '80s. You know, between the hours of like three and seven p.m. Yeah, and for some reason in my mind, I picture her like the the Spanish version of Elvira. I don't know why. Yeah, that's not a far. I mean, it's a decent analogy, and like I also think maybe uh, Game Show Network was she one of? I mean, we can solve this in the show notes for everybody, but I feel like she also popped up. Like she was part of that like '70s cast of characters that just rotated through game shows and night shows and, yeah. and variety shows over and over again. I mean, that's where I think we know her from, and 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 sprinkled in with the the sitcoms of the day too. I'm glad you enjoyed it. It it wasn't very high up on my list, but. I thought it was fun to include that for completeness and also cultural relevancy. I think she was on the downhill slope of her career by that point, but it's it's still kind of fun to include. Yeah, I think Charo was sort of a, maybe a B-plus celebrity of the day. And by the time you and I were, were, were coming generous. up. That's generous. Yeah, she, she, uh, you know, she definitely was probably on the, on, in the twilight of her career. But yeah, definitely, you know, she is like, it's just sprinkled in a lot of different moments from a lot of TV and, and variety back in the day. Is Charo still alive? You know, that's a good question. Let me take a look and see and figure that out. I don't think she's getting a lot of work if she is. No, no. She'd probably be in her late 80s, I would guess. But that's that's just a guess. This particular song is from the 1978 single, Donde Esta Santa Claus by Charo. Now, this was produced on Sol Sol Records. As we mentioned earlier, this has the Sol Sol Orchestra as the session musicians for this song. So it all comes around. The song Donde Esta Santa Claus was originally by Augie Rios in 1958. That's the popular version I think of when I think of this song. Obviously not the Charo version. Yeah, no, not the first one that comes to mind. And I, I did take a second and pull up her, her Wikipedia page. And, I, you know, I'm trying to figure this out here. She's still active, um, but, you know, it would appear that either she or some other rogue Charo fan has edited the, the little bio card that you typically find at the top of a Wikipedia page on an individual with a birth date. <laughs> so she, she is of unknown, oh. uh, unknown 
date of birth, we'll just say, but she looks pretty good in this picture. I mean, who knows though? I mean, this is a 2013 picture. So it's seven years ago. She, she's you know, probably no spring chicken, but she's still, still working. Well, good for you, Charles. I'm glad you're, I'm glad you still have something going on coming soon to a boat show near you. Right. Yeah. In an interview, Charles said around the world, I am known as a great musician, but in America, I am known as the coochie coochie girl. That's okay because coochie coochie has taken me all the way to the bank. So. All right. I like a musician who's self-aware. That's probably why we think of her. I don't, I, I, it's going to sound really rude as a joke, but that's how she was portrayed to us in the eighties by the time we were aware of her. But it, it sounds like she owns that. So good on you, Charo. Yeah. Good lean into it. All right. So now that concludes our five main songs. And now we're going to get into three bonus songs. You get an extra one for the price of admission today. Jay, our first bonus song today is a song called Christmas Rappin' by Curtis Blow. And real quick on this, I realized this is a rap song. There's a couple reasons I included it. But for now, just remember that rap and hip-hop came out of disco. And we wouldn't have one without the other. In fact, there was a genre called rap disco at the end of the 70s. So I want to include this one, and then we'll talk about it. Are you ready? Yeah, I, I can't wait for this. Twice the night before Christmas, and all through the Hold house. it now, wait, hold it. That's played out. Hit it! You give me all that jive about things you wrote before eyes alive. Cause this ain't 1823, ain't even 1970. Now I'm the guy named Curtis Blow, and Christmas is one thing I know. So every year, just about this time, I celebrate it with a rhyme. Gonna shake it, gonna bake it, gonna make it good. Gonna rock, shock, rock it through your neighborhood. Gonna ring, gonna sing it till it's understood. My rap been about to happen like a knee. You been slapping or I told you been tapping on a hunk of wood. But a red suited dude with a friendly attitude and a slave full of goodies for the people on the block. Got a long white beard, maybe looks kind of weird. And if you ever see him, he can give you quite a shot. All right, Jay. So I hope our listeners indulged us on this one and understand why we threw in a transitionary song that was between disco and rap. What did you think of it? Uh, this was, a you know, got that definitely has that kind of Sugar Hill Gang sound to it, right? And it's, it's eight minutes and 10 seconds long, though. I mean, this might be the longest Christmas song ever written. It, it, this is definitely a mega, mega cut. It didn't even have a title, at least according to what I read, it just ended up being called Christmas Rappin' because it didn't have a title and that's what he was doing. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, there's a lot he covers lyrically. There is a lot of ground covered, which is one of the things I like about this. You don't, they don't, you don't get songs like I'm sounding like an old, uh, like a senior citizen. You don't, they don't make them <laughs> like this anymore. Like songs that really tell a story. And this one is definitely a tome. <laughs> this was the first successful Christmas rap song and it sold 400,000 copies. You're kidding me. Nope. 400,000. This is also one of the first commercially successful rap songs at least according to whatever website I found it on. The song title Christmas Rappin' was used two years later by a band called The Waitresses yes. in their famous song, Christmas Rappin'. Now, in The Waitresses song, it's spelled W-R-A-P-P-I-N. This is just R-A-P-P-I-N. But it was a nod to this song, and I thought that was pretty interesting. There's also, there's a cultural touchstone in this song, and it's extremely important to people of our generation. I found this... While I was researching the song, I didn't pick the song because of this, 
Are you ready to have your mind blown, Jay? Yes, please. All right. So let's listen to the first five seconds of the song again. I want you to listen to where Curtis Blow says, hold it now. Twice the night before Christmas and all through the Hold house. it now, wait, hold it. That's played out. Hit it. Okay. That hold it now and hit it sample was used in the Beastie Boys song, Hold It Now, Hit It. Hold it now. Yes. Another legendary New York act, right? Yeah. So my mind was blown when I found that out. And now that I've heard it, if I listen to the Curtis Blow song, I can't not hear the Beastie Boys clip in there. And I just thought that was amazing. Really, really made me happy. Yeah, I just, I felt like I heard, I don't know if I'm conflating songs, but the first thing I heard was really like, if it's Rapper's Delight or whatever, what that other, that song is I'm thinking of, it sounds, I should know this, but it sounded like a, a lot like that. So maybe a little bit of a lean on, on an existing song structure there, we'll say, but, you know, definitely uh, lyrically, this thing goes, goes a lot of strange places. So you got to give it a listen. It was really fun. All right. We're going to move on to our second bonus track of the day. Now I was a little torn on this one i'll give you just a quick hint this is not the village people but we'll talk about that in a minute so let's listen to santa claus slash n-o-e-l by holiday express here we go Jay, as I said at the beginning of the song, this is not the village people, but almost everywhere online that you find this song, Santa Claus slash N-O-E-L, you're going to see it miscredited to the village people. What did you think? Yeah, I kind of feel like the village people might have a bone to pick here. I mean, this is a pretty close list of several, if not two, if not more village people songs here, if I'm if I'm understanding it correctly. I don't know. What's your take? When I started the research, I thought it was the village people, and I was going to not include the song because I was going to use it in an episode that we're going to do someday of Christmas sellouts where you just change one word in your lyric and call it a Christmas song. This would be YMCA just changed to N-O-E-L. As I was throwing out this song, I came across the history of it. So this is by a group called Holiday Express. Holiday Express was started in 1993 by a guy named Tim Maloon. He was a musician. They put on parties for AIDS patients, the developmentally disabled, isolated elderly, and disadvantaged children. At the end of their first season, they had performed for more than 6,000 people in 10 different venues. I'm a sucker for a good story and a good person, so I just felt we had to include this. Of course, famously, it is disco music. It, it has the four-on-the-floor beat. 
It's very much like the village people, but I just wanted to give credit to Tim Maloon and his group here for what they're doing. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad you did include this because I went down the same rabbit hole that you did to see, you know, obviously who, who, who the artist was and, you know, not having been the village people and, of course, saw the, the charitable work that this guy does, maybe a reason why the people haven't have backed off on, on a copyright claim. Um, but yeah, this definitely was a good feel good song. And again, you're kind of good. If you're looking for something to fill a four or five hour uh, Christmas playlist for a party, man, this is exactly the kind of thing you're going to want. People are going to recognize it's feel, feel good music, man. And what, what more can you ask for? Right. Okay. If you had a Christmas wedding, you would play this at the reception. Yeah, that's this a no-brainer. Yeah. Absolutely. One more note on Holiday Express. The group visits more than 50 institutions every year between November and the end of December. Uh, this is from, from the website. Bringing its unique brand of music, food, presence, and pure joy to people who need the gift of human kindness. The handful of volunteers who helped host the first parties in 1993 have since mushroomed to more than 90 dedicated musicians and 1,200 volunteers. So good on you, Holiday Express. We hope you appreciate that we included you today and we're thankful for what you do. Fantastic. All right. We've reached a milestone in our podcasting career here, Jay. Tell me about it. We have our first listener request. Okay. This is a request from Jerry D of the Totally Rad Christmas Podcast. He wanted to hear Sleigh Ride by Irwin the Disco Duck. Are you ready? Yes. I'm not sure we're getting into. Isn't this fun? Family and friends together and all the gifts are open. Find a partner, stay in stride. So join in, everybody. It's time for a sleigh ride. Jay, we don't judge on this show. I don't see the appeal of this song, but we are here to make people happy. And Jerry, that one was for you. Yeah, Jerry, I mean, thanks for, for turning us on to this song. This is definitely one I had not heard before. It also exposed us to a new a new fictional character and universe who just, you know, unlike other famous ducks we might know, just didn't catch on quite as much, perhaps. <laughs> This might have been one of those you-had-to-be-there things and yeah. understand it at the time and in the context. I do have some notes on this. Some are from Jerry, some are from Wikipedia. Erwin the Disco Duck, I'm going to read it directly, is a fictional character who was featured on a series of children's records from Peter Pan Records. Mm. And, and here's a direct quote here. Despite the similarity in both sound and appearance to Donald Duck, Erwin the Disco Duck had no affiliation to the more widely known character of the Walt Disney Company. No. <laughs> that sounded like legalese, doesn't it? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Erwin the Disco Duck, his name was changed to Erwin the Dynamic Duck when disco fell out of fashion. They didn't think that one through, did they? Yeah, no, but a clever rebrand to reinvent the duck movement, though. I like that. That's well, well played. 
Uh, he had many voice actors, but the most notable was Don Messick, who was the voice of Scrappy-Doo. Yeah, I'm not sure calling the voice of Scrappy-Doo is the most notable. That kind of seems like a stretch, but I mean, maybe I'm being a little too picky. Listen, most notable is relative, Jay. You don't want to see the second place, all right? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Yeah, right. the, the last note on this one is Irwin's hair, wardrobe, and DJ persona are all reflections of the American radio personality Rick Dees, who wrote and recorded the Disco Duck song on which this series was based. And Jerry's note was this was just a direct ripoff of Rick Dees. Right, and, and more more famous, or not more famously, but also famously known for Rick Dees' Top 40, right? Yep. So that concludes our eight songs today. Hey, Jay, we've reached the portion of the program where we each decide which was our standout track of the day. And as always, you do the honors. What was your standout track of today? Uh, no no doubt about it. I'm going to have to go with Donde Esta Santa Claus by Charo. That was my hands-down winner for the week, Scott. And mine was the Gloria Medley by Le Jokers. I just, mm. I'm a sucker for G-L-O-R-I-A. I want more spelling in my songs. Yeah, definitely. Well well done. Good choice. So Jay's pick today was Donde Esta Santa Claus by Charo. Scott's pick was the Gloria Medley by Lay Jokers. Jay, that wraps up our disco episode. Any closing thoughts? No, you know, I really like this. Not unlike yourself, disco is is not my number one genre, but one that I definitely have a spot for in my heart. And this brought that a little closer. So I've got a few few disco songs to add to my Christmas playlist for sure. I had a lot of fun. I hope our listeners did too. As always, you can go to jinglejank.com, find the links to our socials and our email address if you want to get in touch with us. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much. Take care. All music used in this episode is property of its respective copyright owner and no infringement is intended. These clips were played under the expectation of fair use for purposes of education or commentary. You can find links to all the songs we played in the show notes.